Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In the gospel today, Jesus says to the woman who was healed, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. He says to Jairus about his daughter. When Jairus finds out that his daughter is dead, he says, Do not be afraid. Just have faith and she will be saved. This homily will be about faith and some of the qualities of faith. The first quality is that authentic faith moves us to action. We know that St. James says that faith without works is dead. Galatians 5 that we just read today says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Last week we talked about work and the value of work and how work influences us and changes us and helps us grow in virtue. Well, faith needs to be lived out in action so that it can be purified, so that it can be true. Faith is expressed through the action of love. It's not enough just to say, oh, I believe, but you have to live it out. Because if you're not living it out, then do you really believe? As a kid, I used to always say, I want to actually believe. I want to be authentic about myself. And I can't be fake. I mean, just, it's just my personality as well. I, I don't want to be fake. As a kid, actually, I was fake for a long time. And I was like, I want to be a real one. I always tell kids, keep it real. Well, faith that is real is lived out in the action of love. There's an awesome trend going on that kids are wearing WWJD bracelets. Any kids have them on right now? Some of you? All right, solid. At CLC, I think we've given out like 200 of them, literally. And I found out, though, that a lot of kids are wearing WWJD bracelets as a fashion statement. And we need to kind of talk about that. Like, you wear a cross. Why do you wear a cross? You show your cross. Is it jewelry or is it an aspect of your faith where you proclaim Jesus Christ and Him crucified? WWJD, what does it stand for? What would Jesus do? And the kids actually told me that it has another meaning. Why would Jesus die? And they look and they point to themselves and say, this is why. He died for me. It's very beautiful. And so the gospel, let's get back to the gospel. Look at this woman. She didn't just say to Jesus, like, hey, Jesus, I believe in you. Heal me. Or I believe Jesus and he's going to heal me. But her faith led her to action. This was from the Gospel of Luke, but in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew tells the same story, and he tells us kind of what she was thinking. In the Gospel of Matthew, it says, A woman suffering hemorrhages for 12 years came up behind him and touched the tassel on his cloak. Same story. But he says, She said to herself, If only I can touch his cloak, I shall be healed. Faith led her to action where she touched the cloak of Jesus. If our faith isn't moving us to concrete steps in the direction we need to go, it's not real. Our faith needs to move. The second reality, faith perseveres when confronted with obstacles. Your faith is real when your faith is challenged and it doesn't go away. St. Peter in 1 Peter says, In this you rejoice, although now for a little while you may have to suffer through various trials. Is suffering real? Are you going to suffer? 
have you suffered in your life? So that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that is perishable, even though tested by fire, may prove to be for praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus. Your faith will be tested. It will be purified in the fire. It will be purified in suffering. And we've all experienced suffering. We all know what suffering feels like. And God says, have faith. Jesus says, continue to have faith because true faith perseveres in suffering. Now this is the gospel. Let's get back to it. Jairus. Jairus goes up to Jesus and he's like, Jesus, come heal my daughter. She's still alive. Heal her. But then they come up to him and his daughter is dead. His hope is gone. The story's over. The gospel says, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. On hearing this, Jesus heard this. He heard the temptation of hopelessness that Jairus had. And Jesus says to him, do not be afraid. Just have faith and she will be saved. On the walk to his house, imagine the doubts that Jairus is feeling. Imagine the suffering that he knows his daughter is already gone. What was he thinking? And then, putting his trust in one word from Jesus, he keeps walking home. I want us to look at the chronology of the events. Jairus comes to Jesus He pleads, his daughter's still alive. And then a random woman that Jairus doesn't even know, she gets healed right before him. The woman that was bleeding for 12 years. Then they come up to Jesus and Jairus and they say, your daughter's dead, don't trouble him. St. John Chrysostom says that the curing of the woman that was bleeding for 12 years, it served to strengthen Jairus' faith. Because he was about to be given the news that his daughter was dead. Before Jairus hears that his daughter is gone, that she's dead, Jairus sees the woman be healed. One of my main points is that we need to see what God is doing in other people's lives so that we can believe that God wants to do that in our own lives. That God is working miracles in others' lives and we don't believe that he can work in our lives, but we need to believe We need to see what God is doing all around the world. True believers are ones who put their faith into action and never give up. I want us to also notice, look at how they laugh at Jesus. Jesus shows up to Jairus' house and they're all wailing, they're all crying. There's hopelessness in death without Jesus. And they laugh at him. The gospel says, Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Jesus said, stop crying. She's not dead, but asleep. And the gospel says they laughed at him. They laughed at the Son of God. This is a sign of, the, of a lack of faith. When someone laughs at you, when you believe in God and they laugh at you, it's a sign of their faithlessness. You will be laughed at and mocked and ridiculed. But how will you respond? Jesus says, let's go into her room. I'm about to raise her from the dead. And Jairus could have said, look, they're laughing. 
Let's not. It's over. It's done. I give up. But he brings James, John, and Peter. He brings Jairus and the mother. And Jesus says, he touches her, and her breath comes back. The breath is a sign of the Spirit. We have two choices when we're laughed at. One is conformity to the world. We can just say, okay, the world is right, we're wrong, forget about it. St. Paul talks about it. He says that the works of the flesh and the fruits of the Spirit are against each other. The world and the Spirit of God are against each other. And St. Paul says the works of the flesh are obvious. Immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, rivalry, jealousy. Who here is jealous? Outbursts of fury. Who here gets mad? Acts of selfishness. Who here is selfish? Dissensions. Where is there division in your life? Factions. Are you clicky? Occasions of envy. Drinking bouts. Are you an alcoholic? Orgies and the like. St. Paul says no one that does these things will enter the kingdom of heaven because these are against the Spirit. Your choice is very clear. When you're confronted with the choice, you have conformity to the world or what Jesus says and what St. Paul says, living in the Spirit of God. When, you re- when they were reading, Selena, she did a beautiful job reading St. Paul. When she was reading... What were you thinking? Were you thinking, oh, Father John's going to talk about freedom? Did you just think, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is? For freedom, Christ has set us free. That's how St. Paul begins Galatians 5. For freedom, Christ has set us free. But he says, do not use your freedom as a way to gratify the flesh. You are free to do whatever you want. In America, we're still free. Yatni, we'll see. In America, we're still free. You can do whatever you want. It doesn't mean it's right, and it doesn't mean that it will give you and bring you to eternal life. Jesus is giving us His Spirit, and Jesus is calling us to live in the Spirit of God, and when the Spirit comes, this is what comes out of you. You have two choices. Conformity to the world, or love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I feel like I want to just, I'm not, I don't I didn't plan to talk about this, but self-control. Who here needs self-control? How do you learn self-control? St. Paul says in Hebrews chapter 12, Jesus learned obedience by what he suffered. How do you learn self-control? By suffering. That means you want to gratify the flesh. I want this, I want this. Like when kids, when they go into a toy store, when they want something, what do they say? I want this, I gotta have it, I gotta have it, give it to me. Or, and mom and dad, what do they say? They say, no. No, it's not good for you. And the mom and dad are trying to teach them self-control. You learn obedience by what you suffer. It hurts. It hurts to be told no. It hurts to be say, I can't gratify the flesh. I want this. I got to have it. When you have to have something that is not of God, that is sinful, you're a slave. You're a slave. Does that make sense? You're a slave to yourself. You're a slave to your flesh. You have no freedom because you're not free to choose love. 
You're not free to choose what is good for you. And when you don't choose what's good for you, which is ultimately God and his spirit, then when you go and me, not just you, me, when we go to heaven and we're at the gates of heaven and God says, do you even want heaven? You're going to say no because you're a slave to your flesh. The fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Control your appetite. Control your flesh. When the spirit helps you, when the spirit is in you, you have control. You don't have to sin. You're not a slave anymore. Jesus gives you freedom to be who you're always called to be. A person of faith, a person of faith is someone who is moved to action, who does not fall when struggle and suffering comes, and a person who lives in the Spirit of God, a person who is free. Family, I just pray that we become that, that we grow into freedom, that we grow in the Spirit, that we keep living for God. For us who need to go to confession, I'm so proud that our line is so long. We need to give our sin to Jesus. We need to literally, Lord, I pray that this is the last time I'm ever in the confession line. I pray that I'm not in this line anymore. That any sin that I keep doing, that I have self-control and the Spirit of God, without me you can do nothing. Without me, you are a slave. I pray that we be free and that we be living in God's Spirit. Amen.